Hello, welcome to another episode of Riot Act Reviews, a part of the Riot Act podcast, the alternative music podcast. You can listen to Renfrey and I. My name's Stephen Hill, by the way. Hello, how are you doing? He's Renfrey Deadman as well. I'll bring him in a second. Don't speak, Renfrey, you'll ruin it. Don't speak. But we bring you our thoughts on some of the biggest and most interesting new releases in the world of alternative music here every friday we do a show we do just chatting about music all kinds of stuff so go and follow us and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from i'd appreciate that now you can speak i'm allowed to talk now am i yes excellent hello hello everybody how are you doing i'm really really good i'm very very excited to talk about an album that i have been looking forward to for a very long time i will say good me too. Today we're going to be talking about Diorama, the second album called Diorama that we've done this week, but not the Silver Chair album from 2002. I'm going to be... I'm going to make this a Diorama day. I've decided. I've decided, provided we don't have any massive technical issues or anything like that. Earlier today, as we record this, we put up a writer's review on Silver Chair's Diorama, and provided I can get this out, I'm going to put it out this evening and make it Diorama day. I've decided based on that alone. Diorama Wednesday, is what, I call them. <laughs> I think what the kids are calling it. It's an official public holiday now. As it will be uh, forever known, the 10th yeah. of November 2021 was the day that Diorama Day started, yeah. So Mole's Diorama we're talking about, not Silverchair's Diorama, although patreon.com forward slash podcast. if you'd like to hear us talk about Diorama by Silverchair, you can do that. But this is the second studio album from the Danish Black Gaze crew, the follow-up to their... 2018 debut album Yord, which a lot of people really liked. Remember, a lot of people really liked that record. You are one of those people. Yeah, yeah. It placed incredibly highly on my top albums of 2018. I think it was that Mm -hmm. it came out. So it's been three. Yeah, it's been three years. Um, and I think. I mean, the whole black gay scene, black metal mixed with shoegaze. For those who are uninitiated has become a really big sub scene in uh, metal music or shoegaze music or whatever, uh, or alternative music. And some people love it, some people hate it. I absolutely adore it. I've always been a big shoegaze guy. And in terms of black metal, and it, it actually provided a pathway into me properly understanding and getting into back, black metal. And I think um, like like the poser that you are, because yes. I'm I'm a total poser, yeah, total <laughs> poser. And I think the the manner in which Mole blended both of those individual elements, and actually a million other other things as well, but just taking the basics of like the shoegaze elements and the black metal elements, it was very very um, it was very. Sometimes you get a band who will do black metal bit then shoegaze bit then black metal bit then shoegaze bit and moles really felt very very blended from the beginning and very much a, a, a true amalgamation rather than bolting genres together and the fact that they managed to do that on their first album i'd even go back like their first two eps are very very strong for debut releases you know really really strong for the band just listening to the remastered version of, uh, of those two EPs yeah. that they put out a couple of years ago. They're just uh, called One and Two. we did this. Yeah, yeah, One and Two. And yeah, they're really good. They're really they're good. They're very, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So from, from the start, Mole came out of the tracks and they released, you know, this f- fucking phenomenal album, which I'm absolutely, I'm sure George is going to go down as a classic um, one day and absolutely certain of it. And, uh, Hence why there's been a lot of publicity and a lot of like uh, people, a lot of people really looking forward to this follow up record. They are, aren't they? And I mean, I, just to chime in, I did like yours quite a lot, probably not quite as much as you. I don't think I think it came out the same year as um, Ordinary Decent. Human ordinary corrupt human love, love by deaf heaven Cor- yeah by deaf heaven, which I really love as my favorite deaf heaven record, I think. And um you know, I like the individual constituent parts of. Someone just posted something through my letterbox. Um, I like the individual constituent parts of black gaze, black metal and shoe gaze. And there's a whole load of that stuff that I think I 
think probably there are even bands in the black metal realm that aren't considered black gay so i think bring elements of the sort of stuff that this genre has been associated with more kind of expansive ethereal movements we reviewed the new walls in the throne room album uh, atmospheric black metal is that the sort atmospheric of thing? Yeah. black metal and obviously it's rather divisive i think the thing i liked about mole and actually looking at this the, the song lengths on yord and looking at the song lengths even on diorama which we're going to be talking about it's maybe not it might seem like an odd thing to say that they kind of boiled and shortened and, and distilled everything down to kind of radio pop song length because you got six minute long songs here yeah you know you got five minute long songs here that's not traditional radio fodder per se but but they certainly distilled it to a, a, a smaller kind of package than for mm. example your deaf heavens i mean deaf heaven broke through with sunbather and that's a seven track album uh an hour long and the majority of the songs on that record are, you know, 10 minutes in length. Some are even longer. And that's, you know, with Mole, uh, you've, you've got far shorter truncated sort of versions. But it feels like they do as much in that time, in my opinion. I don't know how you feel about that, but I feel like Mole can do more or less as much as a Deaf Heaven can do in like 10 minutes in five, which I think is a fucking incredible yeah. skill. Well, I think, you know, I mean, I was going to bring up uh, Alcest being another band who are kind of the kings of all of this. And if you look yeah. at I'm just looking at the track listing for Le Voyage de, de, de la, uh, la, 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 la Yeah, And that's eight songs and 50 minutes. Mm. I mean, there's a few short ones on there, but you're looking at eight minutes, 50, seven, 57, six minutes, 11, six minutes, 59 for a lot of them. And uh, uh, Kadama, their 2016 album, nine minutes, eight minutes, seven minutes, seven minutes. You know, again, 42 minutes, only six songs, a couple of shorter ones on there. So I think that is that that you have to say that that is a uh, definitely a big trope of the genre to have these very long, very involving, very expansive songs. And I don't quite think Mole, I think Mole have, like say, kind of done away with that, with the length and just gone, let's cut right to the chase. Yeah. And I like that about them. I like that they cut to the chase. And, and I don't, I don't think they lose anything by doing that not, either. Which is no, I'm well, well. I think this is going to depend on what you like about music. Because I've, you know, I, this morning I listened to a not very positive review of this record uh, by our good friends. Uh, well, it wasn't Matt actually; it was Tom. On, I'm sure he won't mind me saying, on on Hellbent for Metal. And I think Tom's problem with the record are ultimately a lot of the things that I think are really good about the record. But if you're keen on, well, we'll, we'll get into it in a little bit, but I think what Mole do take away from, this is not a very complicated record, essentially. This is not a complex record. This record does that thing, big bright melodies, tremolo blast beaty stuff really kind of ah anthemic screamy vocals this is like to get my thoughts in it straight away diorama i think this is this is the definitely maybe of black metal <laughs> um hmm. i i half agree with you um i think these songs are quite dis I don't think they're the most complex songs in the world. No, they're not. But I think there are moments. I think it's the inter I think all the individual elements are relatively simple. I think what's really amazing about it is the manner in which they are squished together. Um, the fact that you get this really joyous, optimistic guitar line, and this happens multiple times throughout the record over a really pummeling driving blast beaty type thing or something which you would more traditionally associate with metal and i think something that mole certainly but black gaze as a whole i think has done which has really appealed to me is they have put a sort of hypnotic optimism into black metal or into a form of music which is really driving it's like it's like you're being aggressively optimistic that's sort of the way that I see a lot of black gay stuff. And and that really feeds into my love of a lot of the 
happier, more major key uh, instrumental music that I listen to. I mean, to be totally mm-hmm. frank with you, when I first heard Sunbather by Deaf Heaven, for me, I was like, well, this is like Explosions in the Sky meets, yeah, Dark Throne or something like that. I, I saw it more as a post-rock thing than I saw it as a shoegaze thing. Um, and I think there's elements of both, frankly, in, in that. But Mole, like, very much take all these individual elements, which, you know, at their core are relatively simple, and the manner in which they put them together and make them um, make them work together, I think goes far beyond, I don't know, Oasis or something like that. Although, having said that, I do understand where you're coming from. With the well, surely maybe. this just comes down to good songwriting right absolutely absolutely it does yeah and understanding you know and understanding all the individual elements that you're taking and putting together as well because i think i think there are some bands who have jumped on the bandwagon you know and maybe have never actually listened to slow dive or something like that and you can tell that that's not the case with mole not at all like it's it's blindingly obvious that they listen to that they're really into all of their influences i think the thing with mole is for me is that you know this is if you want a super complex, super heavy, technical, wild, really, really unbelievably expansive black metal record, an atmospheric black metal black metal record, a, a band like Wolves in the Throne Room who do those like 15 minute long, stirring, epic, blood and thunder, crescendo riddled stuff. I don't think this album is particularly going to scratch that itch, but I think what it does do is it takes that form and it makes it, for my money, into something even more difficult, which is, you know, any bla- any fucking black metal band can, you know, black metal is not about songwriting, right? Like, traditionally, so you go back to fucking, you know, Dark Throne and Emperor and bands like that, it's not about writing anthemic songs at all. You mean, it's about you, create- you mean in the sense of... Uh, uh, Bob Dylan, Bob, Oasis, like good songwriting. songwriting. Yeah. Can you play? You can play this, can you play this on an guitar. acoustic guitar? Yeah, can exactly. you? Yeah, 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 Billy, yeah, the Billy Joe Armstrong thing. Like those bands do not write songs. They do write songs, obviously. Yes, they write yes, anything you do is a song. Like Sano, fucking yeah, yeah, little yeah, mix. Yeah. They all those are all songs. But in terms of that thing where you put it on, I mean, I, I'm going to bring up Tom's review because I thought it was quite funny that he was saying stuff that was making me, you know, it was make saying that oh, this is awful because of that, and I was yeah. like. This is why it's brilliant. Mm. He said, and I think this is a mad thing to say personally, but one of the things he said was that there's so many times where it it's indie and it's no heavier than the Kaiser Chiefs or Franz Ferdinand, I believe, are two of the bands that he used. I think he said he listened to Fix You by Coldplay afterwards and was like, oh, it's, you know, you take the vocals away and it's just as heavy as Fix You by Coldplay. I mean, obviously, it's that's not true. And he's obviously, like, hamming it up slightly. But... He said about it being played on Virgin Radio. And I was like, do you know what? I think these songs have the same approach as the sort of thing that would sound good on the radio. It sounds like a mad thing to say about essentially an extreme metal band. But I think these songs would sound good on the radio. I mean, particularly, I'm going to go, we'll probably go through kind of track by track and whatever, but Vestige, which is one of the singles. Are you telling me that if you if you were driving in the summer, you would drive in down like a Route sixty six? In a, it's got that. I know. I mean, they're a Danish black metal meets shoegaze band. You're looking at like British dour post punk indie and Norwegian black metal from a band from Denmark, and yet Vestige to me sounds like a great American road trip song. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I, I mean? It's got that. that kind of almost like post post hardcorey momentum behind it at the start propulsively rhythmic like beautifully seductively propulsively rhythmic really wicked the lead guitar in the background elevates it like a fucking bruce springsteen song do you know what i mean it, and it and these are like so so fucking catchy it's a banger it's a fucking banger in the same way as you know like to go back to my oasis comparison which i'm aware is weird as fuck but i think it isn't actually that weird because I'm not saying that fucking Mo are going to end up headlining Nebworth or anything like that. Like, but indie music prior to the explosion of Britpop, 
it was just that it was indie music it was underground music for years for, you know for a couple of decades indie music was odd angular weird challenging lo-fi sounding stuff and oasis just went not if you mix it with david bowie and t-rex and the beatles it won't be and it turned it into this massive thing and i think mole have gone yeah black metal and shoegaze and stuff but actually you can you can make it like iron maiden and you can make it like um bruce springsteen and you can make it sound a bit like I mean, look, if you're expecting to put this on, it sound like Born in the USA or Run to the Hills or something. No, it doesn't. But it has that same euphoric, instantaneous, like even Death Heaven, who I really like, do not have the same instantaneous, joyous, like giddy thrill that something that, that like Mole give you. Mm, mm. And, on the, and on that level, they are just, in you go, fucking stick this on the radio. If he wasn't going, <laughs> over the top of it... <laughs> I mean, I, you, don't, you never know. I understand where you're coming from. I think what you're trying to get to the bottom of is is there's an accessibility to mole, um, mm. possibly over some of their contemporaries. I mean, radio, I think, is a, almost as a silly yeah. thing, thing to say as, <laughs> yeah. as 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 what Tom said in his review. But uh, but I I I I absolutely see how. It, there is an accessibility here. I mean, I, I kind of think Mole are a fantastic band because they have their cake and eat it in that, yes, they are quite accessible. But if you go... I mean, I, I've had this record for two, three months and I'm still hearing new things in it. You know, there are layers and there are things that you can hear only on, say, the 10th or 12th or 15th listen. There are still things to discover on it. Um, it's not simple, um, because even if the individual constituent parts are relatively simple, put all together, it actually makes uh, an incredible smorgasbord. It, it's it's you know it's like cooking a it's you're cooking some a great meal with quite simple ingredients, but you put them all together and you get something truly amazing. And what I also really love about this as well, I mean, there is fucking shit loads of black gays around at the moment. There's loads of it. Even as someone who really um. I think both of us are really quite in on Black Gaze and like it very, very yeah, much. Yeah, I like, I like it. Like, at its best, it's really good. Yeah, exactly. But there is fucking loads of it. And it certainly is quite difficult to distinguish bands from time to time. Um, Mole, the first time I heard them, I thought, really had a very identifiable sound. And at first, I think, you know, it was down to Kim's absolutely extraordinary vocal performance his vocals are so like they they sound like they're coming from the gut his guts and his guts are in hell or something it's absolutely it, it is a really really uh intense scream that he has on him but then uh george was released as an instrumental record as well and they released it as yeah. an instrumental record not too much longer and listening to those instrumental versions of the songs on george you can really hear quite a, a very distinct sound because of the way that they mix those elements together. Like I say, it is so rarely, oh, well, that, that's that part, and then that's the other part. You, you, it, it's very rare that you can see the joins. Um, and I think that that is part of what's brilliant about their songwriting. For me, Mole became, you know, we've mentioned Alsace and Death Heaven, who for me are like the two kings of the genre. And for me, Mole became like level pegging with those two bands pretty much with Jord and Jord alone um, and spoiler alert this just sort of cements that even further this album um, but I, I think the fact that they've got their you know Death Heaven are on their fifth record Alcester on fifth sixth I mean Alcester have been around since the early 2000s um, and I think Mole have got there so quickly and obviously I think that the fact that they have got to a very high uh, uh, quality in a lot of people's minds and there's a lot of publicity behind them mixed with the accessibility thing is often uh, anathema to people who really like metal music especially underground grimy music which is often a lot of black metal fans and hence I think the uh, controversies with it but I think there's a lot more interesting things going on in the black gaze subgenre generally i mean i was about to say then black metal there's a lot of fucking great stuff going on in black metal it's you know and it's not a fucking competition do you, do you know what i mean do you, like, do you get do you get this sort of the, the, the 
aggro nature that people have towards black gays. Because I struggle with, you know, as a, as someone who is a really quite a casual black metal fan, and so, I know I'm probably just as casual a black metal fan as you, to be fair. I just don't really, I just don't really get it. Maybe I don't understand. And I sometimes think to myself, do I not understand the culture of it? Or because you know, I, I'm, I sort of think to myself, well, if someone did this with hardcore, would I feel similarly about it? And then I think, well. No, because, uh, you know, like when I was really into, like sick of it all, and they brought a few kind of folk punk elements in on Yours Truly and stuff, and I remember being like, oh, wow, this is really different. It sounds really cool. And I didn't think, like, this is an affront to hardcore and stuff. But yet, I don't really understand why there's no room for... It seems to be like, no, this this sounds bright. I don't want black metal to sound Mm. bright. And I think, well... don't you want it to be able to sound like lots of different things? Well, it's not like people are going, okay, everyone must be bright now. <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Well, I, I, I understand. Um, I, I'm aware of the attitude because I've been listening to metal since I was a teenager. And that attitude in metal has been very, very prevalent throughout whenever anything new comes along. That attitude has been incredibly prevalent in metal music and probably will all, always will be because it's a, it's a form of music that people get incredibly passionate about and we've sort of discussed this in the past. There are really good things about that and there are really eye-rolling, annoying things about that as well. Um, and it means that making actual any actual progression in the genre seems to always be... Uh, people come up against it and are quite aggressive about that idea of it changing which i think is a real shame do i understand it less so because where i'm coming from where you're coming from where we're coming from we like to see things change and evolve and people try new things and i think the result of that you know you could look at this and go oh it's just another black gaze album but if you look at it in detail there aren't any other bands who sound quite like this and it's because of them bringing in as many different elements from indie from um i mean even dance music in some cases from there's there's some really uh there's an awful lot of influences that have been put into this and molded into a sort of black metal shape and i think did. and i think that is a i think that is making progress in music and doing new yeah. things with it people say that there's no new ideas in music and blah 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 i don't think there's anything on diorama that hasn't been done before but i don't think it's been done in this way before that's that's exactly what this is that's exactly right right that's i i you know i like the black gaze thing and i think the last f haven album which has less a lot of the gays and very little of the black yeah. in fact none of the black really in it at all it's more of a very few gays very little yeah record yeah. pretty much isn't it? it's got nothing to do with metal in its traditional form at all really although you know it is good because you know the smiths are better than emperor <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> so you know i don't um, think it's even about that though why can't the smiths and emperor coexist side by side in your you know collection like why and why? they do and obviously yeah. they do for a lot of but what i think is cool you I mean you said like if there's nothing kind of different about this record in terms of stuff that hasn't been done before it's the way that it's been done and for me you know like even at the best points of a band like like you know you mentioned sunbather which is a, a great record it's a complex record and it's a, a a constantly surprising record and i think actually the one thing about i think black metal and shoegaze to to an extent as well when you think back to a band like my bloody valentine they keep the listener at arm's length quite a lot they're quite alienating yeah. genres right you know like they're, they're not they're not a warm inclusive thing yeah. even though shoegaze is you know a much brighter warmer sounding thing it's often it's quite it's often produced a way which can be alienating to people so for example people mm. usually respond to vocals very well and often in shoegaze music the vocals will be put very very far back in the mix just as yeah. an example yeah and what we've got here essentially i mean again you know comparing it to oasis I, I, we've got like the kings of leon of black gays do you know what i mean like these songs stop are sh- really stop comparing them to shit indie bands <laughs> but i know what you're saying <laughs> but it's really upsetting it is me. it's 
No, no, it's the, all of these songs. They're like the fucking Sex on Fire of black metal. Like, and but they are. I don't keep. I don't care. I don't care what anyone if that puts people off. You shouldn't be put off by a good song. You shouldn't be put off by a good song. And I think Mole are a band who have gone. We're going to take these elements and make them sound like. They'll sound like I can imagine these songs being played on the main. It's the only time I've ever heard a Black Gays album and gone main stage at a festival. That's a really good point, actually. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine name, these songs. Name being any on the main stage. other band from this entire genre of music where you go, this would sound good. Stood at the back of a field with a beer in your hand in mm. the sun mm. at a download. Mm. There isn't one. There's none. It's never happened before, right? Even a band like Death Heaven, again, who I really like, even Alcest at their most, you know, kind of melodic and ethereal and accessible, still would sound kind of, I wouldn't say they'd sound weak or thin on, on, no, on no, the main no, stage, no, no. but I think they'd get, I think it would just drift away. Yes. I saw Death Heaven headline, Arc Tangent, uh, so it was, you know, it was at night. Their their headline, uh, their main stage is under cover. It's not quite exactly the same thing. And to be fair, like they were very, very good. Death Heaven, I, I liked them a lot. But there was something a little bit. I actually ended up seeing them a couple of days later at the Scala, and the difference was quite seismic. But I wouldn't have been able to put my finger on it without seeing both shows so close together yeah. and yeah uh, uh, it's very difficult to get across that really expansive sound when you have so much space in front of you and so much space for it to sort of fritter away and i mean it's it's why mastodon made the hunter and once more around the sun right yeah because it started yeah. doing those shows yeah we've talked about mastodon a lot like and live at their own show they're often great but uh but man i mean <laughs> festivals deliberately want to fuck it's, people off it's 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 they? often it's often trying um this is just an aside as i was searching through my kerangs trying to search for that diorama review for the silver chair thing yesterday i found the original review for remission by Macedon. How much do you think? How many Ks do you think they gave it? Five Ks. Three Ks. Really? Mm. I thought that got five Ks. Yeah, okay. Who reviewed it? If you don't mind cussing. I out. can't remember. To be fair, okay. but it was only it was, it was a small. Tell, tell, you can tell me after you finish. <laughs> I, I can't remember. It was a small review. Anyway, that's an aside. Um, yeah. Or we talk about uh, festivals and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean, the idea of Mole being at. I mean, Mole being at Bloodstock, they'll be playing right in front of a lot of the people who really fucking hate them. Um, although don't seem to be able to come I with... I think that's kind of changed a bit now, hasn't it? You know, I think that's Possibly. Changed. I think all the all the hardcore black metal people have been replaced with <laughs> turfs. So. I don't know if they've been replaced. I feel like they are still there. Um, Love how you didn't just not going to acknowledge that. <laughs> quite a good joke. But. <laughs> um, I, 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 I feel like... Um, they're still there but i i i can't help but feel like mole would go down really well uh bloodstock or uh something like that i think they've done damnation and things like that but yeah these songs would sound absolutely huge on those big stages and that stuff is important i, I mean even downloading the right situation you know i think in the right situation it's i think they they're probably a few years away from it yet but I, like being able to get on that stage and but because behemoth are really the only band particularly comparable cradle of filth i suppose kind of comparable as well but both of those bands have had people looking at them like Ugh, prior to you know like I, I guess i don't know what the download audience is anymore do you know i think it's more people who like def leopard rather than people that like Slipknot or whatever I think like Extreme Metal always struggles quite a bit on a download bill because you've got a lot of people who you know think that corn are too heavy and stuff and putting their things in their ears so I, I don't know but anyway um, I do think that the songs would sound good though I do think that people if you if, if Slipknot were headlining download with you know Gajira subbing them corn Gajira and Again, maybe Behemoth on the bill, like some more extreme stuff, a hate breed type of thing on the bill with them. You stick mold down the bottom, 
mm. near the bottom. I think they so songs. I think they would convert more people than they would antagonize. Yeah. Whereas I think if you stuck Alcest on there, they might antagonize people a little bit too much, or just bore. Or people go, they're bore. They're boring. Probably more the latter. Yeah. Probably, yeah. and, and and that's not that's neither of us saying that Alcester are a boring band or anything. Like that. I, I fucking mm. love Alcester. I know you like Alcester an awful yeah. lot, um, but uh, but yeah, I th- they only I think... get to play three songs as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? They yeah. get to play three songs and then they'd be yeah. gone. Um, I mean, I I, 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 a... I have seen Mole at um, Two Thousand Trees and Arc Tangent um, fairly like like two three or four times. Yeah. Different, you know, slightly different environment I appreciate and it's under tents and stuff. But they've always yeah. been fucking brilliant at those festivals. Yeah, I'm sure. Always. But can you imagine photophobic, like the bounce on photophobic? Oh, yeah. Coming in on the off of a main stage or I mean I mentioned vestige as well. Yeah. Redacted, that groove riff. There's a proper fucking groove riff on redacted. And then you get that kind of gothy into death metal y vocal parts. And then that big sort of cymbal crash at the end. And it's just fucking, it's just glorious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah glorious glorious. Is the word. Yeah. And photophobic, as, as an example that you, you said there, I mean, that incorporates so many elements of black metal. Like there's blast beats, tremolo picking, but you mm-hmm. also have this absolutely joyous melody over the top, which mm-hmm. it is just so infectious and so difficult to deny really unless you're very 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 miserable indeed um (laughs) and i just i I, again it goes back to that thing of mixing those really dark disturbing quite aggressive black metal elements with something joyous and it's the 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 sheer juxtaposition between those two things i've wanged on about juxtaposition constantly um and how juxtaposition makes music really interesting but that is exactly what's going on with mole and it's happening throughout most of the record and it it just makes for a really interesting sound and the fact that you can put those two things together and it not be jarring there isn't a single second of diorama that is jarring in my opinion not one i don't think mole have ever written or released a single jarring piece of music in their career so far uh, mm. over the two eps and two albums but again and uh, and the reason for that i think personally is again right you get you, here's another comparison that you won't like right because go on you won't like it but they like rhythmically they sit in the pocket and they stay in the pocket no matter what happens that goes on the random whether it's these lush ethereal female backing vocals those kind of tremolo parts blast beats slow picked bits leak that kind of white hot maiden style rhythmic lines they sit rhythmically in the pocket i'm agreeing so far in in the same way as a band like acdc do (laughs) acdc have they do they do no no no, i don't disagree with you and and acdc are one of the most like i said you, you know even when i'm listening to acdc and go this is crap it sounds like every single song they've done this is crap i still can't help myself but just move mm. to every you can't help but move to it and are I you talking about record, big balls there when you're saying this i'm is talking crap. about i'm talking about big no i'm not talking about the great song um, <laughs> <laughs> sort of uh look, you, look i love you know i love acdc and there's something b- just really kind of meaty and primal about acdc's rhythmic thing undoubtedly and I think yeah mole have that thing that an acdc or or an oasis or a u2 or a kings of leon or a red hot chili peppers you're just trying to annoy people now aren't you i'm talking about stadium bands i'm talking about bands who millions of people like right they have that thing that that you know like you might go oh it's really simple and it's really easy and blah 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 but it's actually not it's actually really difficult and i think to be able to like it's not like this record is just that but to channel that they've channeled it more than any other band in their genre maybe have ever done i i I agree with you and i i like i've said to you but you know everyone knows you two are like my fucking favorite band mm, mm. Like it's not a fucking i love it you know i this is this is not an insult this should be something that people celebrate this should be this should yeah. be seen as a good thing i agree i think um i think acdc is a brilliant shout actually in terms of like where they sit in that pocket there is always something that you can uh latch on to because there are other things going on around it that are you know i'll stop short of saying complex but but 
the combination of them makes them complex but there's always a rhythmic part which you can uh hold on to and i suppose you know uh, metal is often seen as this really challenging thing and it's seen as something which is only for a certain subsect of people blah 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 gatekeepery and blah 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 and if you can bring people into it then uh that's seen as a bad thing by some people which is you know a shame because that's one of the things that's killing the genre dead um but yeah i think the fact that mole can do both of those things it may be that each of the individual elements are simple, but that doesn't mean that it's an easy thing to do. I think this is far harder to do. Like I really like, I, th- I really like that Walls in the Throne Room album that came out mm-hmm. earlier, and I think Walls in the Throne Room are a great band, but I think this is ten times harder to do than a Walls in the Throne Room. Yeah, it, it is. It, like I chuck any tech metal band on the planet at me, and you know they <laughs> tell them to write high by feeder. you know maybe if any of those bands could write a song like mountains by biffy clyro those black metal bands maybe they wouldn't have to just show off what nazis they are because they'd have they'd be able to rely on their music rather than how evil they are it's because they're not as good at making music sorry lads you're not you can't write songs i like a lot of black metal right they're not good songwriters not in the same way as like, you know, Pearl Jam. Are. I think it depends. I mean, I, 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 I think, I think it's uh, <laughs> getting off topic. Yeah, topic it's bit, slightly but, off topic, yeah. and, and 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 that's a very broad thing that you've just said yeah. there. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, I think that's often true, but not always. It, it depends on the band. I think. Um, I, I guess they're more death metal, but I, I've been going on about this Rivers of Nihil record a lot, and when I listen to that new Rivers of Nihil record, I hear. They they are great songwriters, great songwriters. Yeah, there's there's obviously there's some. Well, I think like Ishan has proved that he's a really absolutely really, really great yeah. songwriter. You know, yeah. he, he and he's very adaptable and he could write lots of different stuff. But in terms of like smacking on the fucking biscuit tin and going, this is what music's supposed to sound like. It's like yeah, you know, fucking anyone can do that. There is more. There is more to music than just that. Yeah, a lot more. Yeah. Do you want to go into any? I mean, we can do a track by track if you want, or do you just want to do individual highlights? Or well, we've been talking a little while now, so we should probably just get on with it. I mean, I think the synthy opening and the sparkling riff that goes into that warped, melted metal sort of thing at the start of the record on Fractor is really cool and sets love the tone for. I think sort of sets the tone that you. When I heard that, I was like, oh, we're going to get something very experimental. And and we kind of don't really. You get a very, you just, it, it's just a really great way to open the record, I think. So I really enjoyed that. I love I the way, really great opener. I love the way that mm. fades in. I think that's, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Uh, we've mentioned Surf and, have we mentioned, oh, I said there's a, uh, again, Chug, Eddie Van Halen guitar solo in the middle of Surf. Oh, that guitar tapping. <laughs> Widdly, widdly. It's fucking you know, amazing. It, yeah. Again, this this is the Pixies, isn't it? Quiet, quiet, loud, loud. It's the Pixies dynamic. Fucking simple in theory. Really fucking simple. Oh, the Pixies. They were just quiet, and then he shouted. Yeah, but you got to get that. It's, that's that's not actually that easy to do. Mm. It's actually really great. That, that you can get it. That moment. On. That moment where that Van Halen guitar tapping stuff comes in is so unexpected. I remember when it first came in, just like adrenaline coursing through my veins because it's being done to that double bass sort of kick thing as well. It's fucking awesome. And like, I don't hear many people do that guitar tap thing with that attack behind it as well. It's just fucking great. Like, absolutely brilliant. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I do think, I mean, you know, there's a stomp on, really kind of stompy thing that I like on uh, Itinerari. Yes, I think Itinerari uh, may well be my favourite song on the record. It's between that and probably the the title track, I would say. Yeah, so, you know, um, Sven Sind is quite a, heavy one as well yeah 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 svenson Svenson heavy svenson and photophobic i think are the the two that are sort of closest to quote-unquote traditional blackmail but then nothing really is that close to traditional blackmail on this record and that's why it's good um (laughs) but and i think and just another thing to point out is kim has started singing clean 
vocals on this record as well. Jord was completely and utterly like uh, screamed vocals throughout. I'd say Diorama overall is still 90% screened vocals, but just the beginning of those clean melodies coming in, the, he sounds fucking great. And there's that bit on I, Teneri. I mean, a lot of people have been talking about the Smiths with this record. Mm. A lot of people. And I think it is primarily down to how Kim sounds clean. Because there is a Morrissey kind of thing going on there. But yeah. that it's clean... thing, isn't it? It is fleeting. It's really fleeting, but it's worth mentioning because definitely. definitely um, but that like arriving somewhere uh, part in itinerary is just fucking excellent. I imagine they will, uh, but I really hope they continue going down that clean vocal line. I think they can definitely add a lot more going forward, and it mm. kind of suggests that they will go into any territory that they so wish bit like Death Heaven have, uh, much to the chagrin of some people, but, you know, certainly not to the... Sh- I mean, that last Death Heaven record that we talked about is remains my second favourite Death Heaven record, so... It's really good. Uh, and then we've got the title track. Yeah. The uh, Diorama, the album closer, the Black Metal Champagne Supernova. <laughs> yes, I'm going to keep on referring to great indie pop bands in association with this record because I think it, it fits. Annoyingly, the, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, it's really annoying. This is the yeah. black metal champagne supernova. Yeah. It, is, yeah. it is a slow building, you know, nice female vocal part at the start. The epic from Sylvain, album closer. From, from Catherine Shepard. Do you remember when we did that Sylvain record? We do, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. I do like, really good record. like that record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get a little bit of the clean vocal, but you get some death, that, that kind of cookie monster vocal mm-hmm. part on that as well. And it's really beautifully hypnotic and then such a cool way to end the record. The crescendo that it builds to at the end, I think is fucking awesome. And it's pretty much the only time on the entire record that they do that. And then yeah. when you hear it, you're like, oh yeah, they're really, they're, you know, they, they've they've made something which would sound good, you know, when they headline Nebworth. <laughs> that's what they'll end with. <laughs> it'd be wicked. I mean, it'd be a wicked ender. It is a fucking phenomenal song, uh, Diorama. Really great. And I think, yeah. I, you know, very post-rock. Had to put it in there somewhere. Uh, I think those last two songs, they are both approaching seven, eight minutes long. They kind of break the formula ever so slightly in terms of what we were talking about with it being uh, bite-sized chunks. But both of those songs feel so much shorter. Um, they're, they're, they're both quite epic, but they they feel like they flash by in about four minutes. But they're closer to double that. And I think that's always a really good sign of a great song or a great band. I mean, this, this as I said at the beginning of this review, this is one of the albums that I've been looking forward to the most this entire year. Um, and there's been a lot of albums that I've really, really been looking forward to this year. But this has not disappointed me at all. Um, I think it is... I adored and loved Jord so much that I feel like I prefer Jord. But I'm pretty confident in saying that this is a better record than Jord and actually give it six months maybe seeing some of the material live as well and I may well this may well become the favourite at the moment I've had Jord three years, three and a half years that record is like proper fucking special to me, I think it was number five in my albums of the year that year like you know I I love that album but mm. I think overall, I, I, you know, in an objective sense, blah, blah, blah. I think this probably is a better record. Definitely it is, I think. Mm. I think this is, like, to give it a okay case for something slightly that won't annoy you as much. Yord is Bleach and this is Nevermind, I think. <laughs> Do you think it's that big a leap? I think it's... Mm, well, I look, I, look. I was funny enough having this conversation with my mate yesterday. He went, "Oh, Bleach is the second best Nirvana album." And I went, "Don't be a prick." Don't be an idiot. Of course it's not. Of course it's not. Because uh, he meant in you. In Euro is the correct answer, by the way, for the best Nirvana album. And it is the best Nirvana album. Yes. In Euro is the best Nirvana album, and I and he was like, and I think Bleach is second best. And I was like, it's not though. 
never mind never mind is amazing never mind is yeah. absolutely amazing like i know you've heard it A over and over. you don't want to hear come yeah, as you yeah. are again i know i know every time you hear the opening of smell teen spirit you're like oh, i've heard it but it's amazing and I don't think Bleach is a great record. It, like, it's a good it's a good record. Bleach is a good record. It, it, and, it never has mind, its, it's a, an, an astonishing record. Yeah, Bleach has its fans, but it is, it's very hit and miss. I mean, when it hits, mm. it's fucking great, but it's... Uh, Whereas I, I think Yord is a really good record and Diorama is a really, really good record. So okay. yes, the gap in terms of quality is not as big but i just think in terms of how much because i think yours even though i liked how they kind of bored down those constituent parts a bit i think what they've done here is they've just written what is it eight eight fucking eight. bangers yeah eight actual bangers eight like stick them on in the club they sound great you know what i mean like, i don't think you'd pick much but off of you wouldn't pick like very ape or school to be played in the club no a rock club but you pick lithium wouldn't you yeah true you know? and that's true. and that's that that's the gap that i'm talking about i feel like these songs i don't as much as i liked yord i thought it still felt very much like the stuff that black gaze does which is you know it was shorter and it condensed it and it didn't lose any of its power and stuff but ultimately you know this is a very particular type of style and a very particular genre for a very particular type of person i really believe in the crossover appeal of this record yeah Hmm, interesting. Do you think it would actually, actually work on any type of radio? Like, can you imagine Six Music playing any song? Yes. Really? Yes, I can. Absolutely, mm. I can. I've heard Marion Hobbs play Sun and Show Me the Body at, like, midday. True. Yeah. So, yes, I do think yeah. that would be absolutely fine. It would be fucking wicked, wouldn't it? Ministry, you know, she's played Ministry. Like, you know, we're, funnily enough, going to be talking about Marianne helps i imagine on our show that will be coming out tomorrow and six music and you know that i i actually think i mean i think you probably could play stuff of yord on six music because six music's fucking yeah. cool yeah but i think it would sound i think it would be way less alien the stuff surrounding it wouldn't sound as i think there would just be a thing people at first might go oh the vocals are always a bit heavy or whatever and then i do think if they gave it a chance they would find themselves kind of nodding along and i don't think you'd say you could say that about pretty much anything mm. that is relatable to mole even the stuff i really like i mean maybe stuff of the new death heaven album mm. which is basically got is not metal in mm -hmm, mm -hmm. any way mm -hmm. but that's it who knows i think that is um i mean i i love a world where that would be the case uh i may be a little bit more cynical just because i think the vocals are so harsh but i think i but i do totally understand where you're coming from from the point of view of this being a more accessible uh mm. vessel Look, for black guys don't get me wrong i don't think that is going to happen mm. i don't actually think that's going to happen I just think that if if it was going to happen you're not going to make you're not going to have that there's not a better album for it to happen to oh yeah that's a, that's uh oh yeah I, I, I can't think of one and i think george would be my number two <laughs> in terms of yeah. uh, in terms of having that crossover appeal because even you know sunbather was the thing that got me into it but you know i'm into very complex i mean we we've seen me wanting to pick singles for albums in the past i'm usually like oh yeah i want the really slow nine minute the, one the that nine the 19 minute one the, the <laughs> vocals don't come in until eight minutes and it's just yeah. going Rrr. yeah i don't have a very good head for uh commercial appeal i don't i i am i am aware of that but um i think mole put those elements together so brilliantly and it's not formulaic they're not you know they don't really sound like anyone else i mean you can say broadly they sound like other black gaze bands but if you're actually getting into it you know it's a very basic bitch thing to say if you're actually getting into it they're very identifiably themselves and they're doing something that hasn't strictly been done before um certainly in this way and I think Diorama's a fucking phenomenal record. I see no reason why Mole won't continue to grow and grow and grow and grow. I would like to see them doing like 
I would hope like thousand cap venues and stuff like that in London by the end of this uh, album tour. Like, I'd like to see them do even bigger ones than that. You know, be amazing. But I mean, you know, like it could happen. It could happen. Yeah. With the right, I mean, the thing is, they're quite unassuming looking fellas, aren't they? They don't. But then they sort of Death Heaven. But then you know, Death Heaven have never really like Death Heaven. I, I guess there's a difference between. Like you mentioned, somebody though, and that was a big, you know, it's a really big album, Huge. really, really yeah. big album. But there's a difference between, uh, how can I put it, hipster appeal and genuine crossover appeal. True. And I don't think, I think, although Sunbather had crossover to sort of hipster appeal, and I don't mean that in a, in a kind of shitty, insulting way either, by the way, I think Diorama has more actual kind of crossover appeal to, you know, I'm not saying bloke in a five finger death punch t shirt is going to be fucking banging to diorama but you know a, a deftones fan might be yeah definitely definitely mm. especially in terms of how expansive it sounds they bef- definitely share those elements and how how heavy and yet uplifting it can sound at the same time i think there's lots mm. of similarities between deftones and mole um mm. we not as many as not as many as oasis admittedly but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, <coughs> we are always really interested in your views on uh, these reviews and these albums as well. But I think with this whoa, one, whoa, 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 whoa! Don't tar me with that brush. <laughs> <laughs> on this one, I am particularly interested to know what people think of this record, good or bad, because uh, I, I genuinely, you know, I, and like, are there people out there who absolutely hate this? scene who are listening to us who just cannot get on board with it for any reason who think that the oasis comparisons that steve has been making are absolutely insane whatever it is i'm really really curious to hear uh people's views on it so you know please do send us comments and so on and so forth on that uh send them mm. to me don't send them to steve no, uh, send them to me for fuck's sake <laughs> what am i gonna do what am i what do you think i'm gonna do renfrey what do you think i'm gonna like threaten them or beat them up i think you're gonna, gonna do, do that, a lars ulrich and i think you're gonna um threaten to go, go around, around to the their house. houses individually yeah. and um and uh, hit them <laughs> bang on the a very bad sounding snare drum <laughs> <in the office. laughs> Take that. slightly out of slightly out of time uh anyway <laughs> hey thanks very much for listening guys we appreciate that we will be back with a review of the new Emma Ruth Rundle album very, very soon, I think. We will probably be doing the new Idols record yes. at some point, yeah. I think, as well. We're going to do that. There's a bunch of stuff that's coming out that's quite interesting uh, over the next few weeks that we will try and get our head around. And then, obviously, we'll be doing a catch-up of all the stuff that we don't get around to doing full reviews on in a few weeks on Riot Act, which you can listen to every Friday, wherever you got this podcast from. Same place, but it'll be on Friday. So thank you very much. That was us chatting about Diorama by Mole. Uh, if you want to hear us talking about Diorama by Silverchair, go over to patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast and sign up. Please do do that. Please. Thank you. We appreciate that. Thanks very much for listening. Cheery bye. <laughs>